The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. episode. I'm so, so excited to have him in there. He is a rapper. He is a producer. He is one of the best pro wrestlers in the world. He is a great father. He is a great spouse to his wife, Anna, future wife, Anna. Ladies and gentlemen, the Kevin Bennett, one of my brothers. Good to have you on, man. <laughs> there we go. Started off right. That's how I got to kick it off. We got the, uh, the grapefruit truly, my man, Dan. Supplying me, and you know what? It's really good to be here, and oh I'm God. glad I'm the first guest, right? Bro, I'm so I, there's really no one I could have had for the first episode that was a, a better person to really get to know than you, man. Really, well, this is a privilege, my man. Cause, I appreciate. Yeah, we're it. in a an extremely professional atmosphere here. We got my boy Matt. He's doing his thing. Oh my God! Hey y'all, man. Hey, y'all. This is exactly how I would want my music studio. Like, yeah, with all the 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 foam and everything. I appreciate that, but I I'm just a producer. I won't be commenting much, but I did want to acknowledge. Thank you, Kevin. I yeah, it's a very great setup in here. Anybody you you want to get your podcast stuff done in here? You come over here, get a hold of Matt. This place is great, man. Like I've only been sitting in here for about thirty seconds, and I, it's a great a- atmosphere. It, it really is amazing, and that's one of the reasons I knew I picked the right place too. Matt is always such a good person. You know, he has such a great presence around him too. But when I saw the setup, it just – from the time he got in here to now, he's done so much work, and you could tell how passionate he is about doing this too. So it really shows through in in this space. So well done, Matt. That's really Yeah, really while cool. we're putting Matt over – You guys are making me blush, man. <laughs> while while blush. we're putting Matt over, did you know that he was my first tag team partner? Bro, I was going to bring that up too. I was going to bring that up too once we get to <clears throat> everything wrestling, dude. Yeah, we won't jump too about far a, ahead. No, you're about fine. About 100 pounds ago, but yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty cool. We got yelled at. We got yelled at for going long in that match. I that remember was that. That was uh, actually, you know what? I'll bring this now that we're talking about this. Now I wanted to. Um, I was going to acknowledge this at some point in the podcast, but while we're on the subject here, Kev, you had tweeted about this the other day. Rest in peace to Brody Lee, man. Brody Lee. Yeah. It's it's still still killing me after all this months that he's gone, and just he was such a big staple of that. And when I think of him. Honestly, I think about that tag match that you and Matt did against uh, Coconut and Maximo because he was there that night working, and yeah. he had a lot of really good feedback for you after that match, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember one of the things that he said, too, was that he didn't like about the match is how I no-sold <laughs> a German suplex. I think um, Macho gave me a German, and I like no-sold it and just stood right up and went to the next spot. I don't know. He didn't like that, but it wasn't <laughs> my fault because I didn't come up with the spot. That's but true. I do remember that. That's true. I will, like I said, I'm not going to talk much of this episode, but I, I will defend that. <laughs> we were young boys, man. We were, we were green. We were greeny. Yeah, dude, we I was green. real nervous, though, because we, we planned a lot of stuff. We, they threw a lot at us. There was yeah. a lot of stuff in there. They but threw a lot at us. But, you know, they more so got in trouble than we did, which I thought 100%. was funny. Yeah, how, it, how many uh, matches? Because you already worked ESW I had only prior. done a handful of times. But okay. That was probably, like, my 
maybe sixth, seventh match. Because you seemed more comfortable uh, than me, for sure. I was I was pretty terrified. Well, I knew yeah. I knew what it meant to you, right? You like you had been <laughs> wrestling elsewhere because yeah. New, because laws in New York State, right? But ESW was the place you always wanted to be. You were training, right? You were training with uh, with Mastiff and all these guys. You had right. a pumper, yeah, in your ring, and like. This is a big deal. This is a long time coming for you, so I, I can understand the nervousness. But I mean, shoot, look at you now. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean, how far you come? It's been <laughs> uh, when was that? Was it twenty? That was December that was twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. December twenty eleven. So. so that's almost ten years ago now. Yeah, it'll it'll be ten years ago in this December year, it, it, that yeah. you did that. Crazy, crazy. That's so crazy. <laughs> it's weird how time flies like that, dude. Blink of an eye. But yes, rest in peace to Brody Lee. Um, such a legend, man. We lost him way too soon. And he did everything you could have possibly done in the wrestling business, too. He did. First person to ever hold both the NXT tag titles and the WWE tag titles, if you can believe that at all. Because he held them with uh, Rowan, and then he held it with Orton uh, as in the new Wyatt family. So right. um, he's the first person to do both. And uh, much love to Amanda and little Brody and everybody. Um, yeah, that was very, very privileged to know him. You know, you, yeah. you, you could see how many people actually loved him and appreciated him mm-hmm. and all the things he did in wrestling. And, you know, he did a lot for me, too, uh, just as far as advice. And, you know, like I went to him for for a lot of things, a lot of questions that I had mm-hmm. for, you know, pertaining to like WWE and, you know, just other things. Yeah. And yeah, he, he always had answers for me, which was great. So that's so cool. Yeah. He was a he was a great dude all, all in all, man. Yeah, for sure. So it's March now. We've been in the pandemic for around a year and it's slowed so many people down, I feel like. I feel like people have like hit a wall because they can't do a lot. Dude, I don't think the word unproductive is in your vocabulary. This whole year you have pushed out more content music wise and on your YouTube page than ever. Then, like, what's going to slow you down, dude? Is it is it going to take, like, just a time freeze? Is Thanos going to have to snap his fingers or something and make you disappear? What's up? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It was kind of like, uh, I mean, you know, like, I've been trying to balance, like, this music and wrestling thing for a while. And it's not easy. No. You know? I mean, you're multifaceted. You know how it is, bro. Like, Yeah, exactly. But this pandemic, as terrible as it is, you know, you got to see the light in everything, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, wrestling was one of those things that were just kind of taken away from me momentarily. You know, I mean, we're still kind of in that time period. But I'm, yeah. what I'm saying is, like, I've never been away from wrestling for this long, ever. Like, no. ever since probably even since I was, like, 13, 14 years old. Like, we can count the backyard wrestling, right? We'll, we'll just say. 100%. Like, like, that's all we would do as kids. And then, you know, when... You know, training became a consistency and getting on shows like, dude, I can't tell you how many shows I've missed. Like we'll use ESW as an example. I think maybe I missed one show out of those like 10 years because of like a case of strep throat or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like so- something that I just really, truly couldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was only one time. So, I mean, to for this to happen where like wrestling just stops and like just nothing is going on besides you know your weekly Monday night raw yeah um it it's weird dude like it's it's absolutely strange and um i i just knew that i knew that if like i didn't have wrestling obviously music is there 
because I love music just as much as I love wrestling. Um, I just did not want to, I didn't want to get stale. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I didn't want it. That's the thing. Like I, I you just got to keep your relevance, especially if you're trying to make it in this business. Like you gotta, you, you, you gotta keep your feet wet. Yeah. You, know you gotta I mean? grind, dude. It, so, it's really that simple. I mean, it's not just because I want to like stay relevant, but I want to keep like, I want to keep my, I want to keep the brand alive. You know what I mean? Like I, I need, I, I, I want to live off my name one day. Like mm-hmm. We won't just say I want to just live off of, you know, being a rapper or a wrestler or whatever. I want to live off of being Kevin Bennett. So, yeah. I mean, regardless of wrestling is not happening right now, putting out consistent content on my YouTube channel is still helping the Kevin Bennett brand in wrestling. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, so, um, it gave me the time to like actually kind of sit there and be like, look, we haven't been, can, all I've ever heard in like successful people's um, like advice, if you ask anybody, like, you know, we'll say like Russ or something. Like I've listened to so many Russ interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, he says consistency. Every, just look up any like successful rapper interview, dude, or anybody, any successful human being. They will tell you, yeah, you just got to keep grinding. Consistency, consistency. But people don't take that literally you know they're like oh yeah you know he just gotta keep grinding but people really aren't consistent you know and like we're all guilty of it like whether it be going to the gym Mm -hmm. anything like that like if you don't go to the gym for a couple weeks like you're slacking bro and you're not gonna be gaining any muscle yeah you know so i i looked at it like all right this is my time to like actually kind of sit down and go hard yeah go hard put out as much consistency as you possibly can because I've never really had the opportunity to do that. You know, I'm I'm a wrestler this weekend and then it's like, okay, I have I don't have a show this weekend, so now I can sit and write a song and, you know, hopefully record that this weekend and, you know, it's it's just it's really hard. Yeah. trying to balance the two, but finally like I just got a a grasp of like what it's like to actually sit down, breathe for a minute and be like, look, are we have content that people will will listen to people people will listen to my music they'll watch my stuff they'll subscribe to my channel if we keep on doing this i i bet you that we can build this build this brand and uh you know do it at a pretty fast pace and that's exactly what i did yeah that's exactly what i started doing man and uh, it's crazy how many opportunities arise from doing like a video per week yeah so like i started out with the quarantine video right just making like a joke video about the quarantine you know, just like showcasing, um, I made a cool song, cool, catchy beat, whatever. And then like a funny video to it, put out the video. It got good, uh, feedback. So I'm like, okay, let's, that did pretty well. Let's try to make something else random too, like making a song out of like the sounds of a microwave or something, you know what I mean? Random stuff. Yeah. But, you've had some cool ideas with doing YouTube videos like that right. too. You, you've had that you've used, your daughter's um, like musical instruments, like her her children's yes. instruments, to create a beat and things like that too. Yeah, see, like with the consistency thing for YouTube, um, even YouTube recommends that you upload consistent consistently, um, or else you're just gonna you're gonna be forgotten. Yeah, and, like nobody's going to care, and it's really hard. Even if you are consistent, like how I've been, like I'm still nowhere near where. I wish I could be like I've put in so many hours over this past year, but it's still like they give you enough to where it's like, all right, we got to keep going. We'll keep, we'll keep you motivated. Um, you know, you'll, 
you'll get spikes in numbers, you, you know, y- your money will increase and whatnot, but it's like, it's a very slow build. Yeah. So like that, that's what I learned is that with YouTube, um, at least like uh, an upload a week, some people are crazy and do one video per week or even, or, uh, per day mm-hmm. and, or two videos per day. It's crazy. But with me and music, like that's not possible, but I, I f- figured out that I could do it with one video per week. It's been hard, but I've been doing it, and it's been working. It's it's For really a whole been year, working, bro. and that, that's the thing with consistency. You have more opportunities to get um, more pieces of content in front of more people. Um, and that's just more opportunities for you, dude. Like more people around the world will see you that mm-hmm. are willing to reach out and want to work with you. And that's exactly what happened to me, dude. Yeah. And and speaking on that, too, I mean, you built your brand so much. Like right now, uh, last time I checked, you were at 14K subscribers at YouTube or around there. And you're at like 50,000 monthly listeners on Spotify, which yeah. is crazy, dude. Yeah. Th- that's really, really cool. And, and speaking on... Uh, stuff like that you're collaborating with too dude before i got here today i I texted you yesterday i've been doing a ton of like research on some of your old wrestling some of your old music like all all this stuff leading up to the podcast and i hope all my prep work was that fun because it's super fun to do stuff like that but uh you reacted to your anime fire user rap cypher last night right dude your verse in that song was fucking crazy (laughs) crazy Dude, thanks, man. You hit that ash to ashes line, and I literally paced around my room for five minutes, going, "Bro, bro, bro," yeah, like over and over again. That's the one that stuck out to everybody. It, it's funny because, like, um, so I'm. We'll just say it. I'm a nerdcore rapper, right? I am a nerdcore rapper, but I'm gonna throw it out there that I'm really not that big of like a video gamer. Or like an anime nerd, or just like a nerd in general. Like I love Pokemon, you know. I love like Mario and Nintendo and stuff, but I'm not like that the super nerd. Yeah. So it's, I almost kind of like feel like a fraud in this realm. But it's like I love it so much in a sense, you know. Um, yeah, but I th- I don't think you should feel like a fraud in that sense too because you're not. But also with your verses and the way you're crafting them and stuff, you're doing your research. It's not like you're going and saying. Oh, this is a verse I'm doing about Charizard, and then just making 16 bars about fire like the whole time. You're actually right. going and you're doing your research about like, oh, how can I make this punchline work? How can I use this wordplay to really like blend in with um, all that stuff? And I feel like that was a good verse for you too, with you know your history with the the Pokemon rap going viral and exactly. us growing up in that era too. It makes it a little bit easier, right? Because I'm getting all of these these opportunities to do these like big um, anime rap ciphers and things like that, because it stems from uh, the Waluigi versus Smash Bros projects yeah. uh, that I've done. If those of you that are listening that don't know, uh, I was hired by this big animation company. They're called mashed on YouTube. And they reached out to me because they saw my uh, Pokemon rap that I did in 2016. And um, they wanted me to, make three songs um, telling a story about Waluigi and how he's not allowed in the Super Smash Brothers video game. So they, they did like a whole animation on it. It was crazy. They just pretty much like let me tell this story with my lyrics. And it was just totally insane seeing these people um, animate to it. Like it was like a legitimate 
like movie style cartoon. Like I've never seen anything like that in my life. And that's opened up so many opportunities, you know, because they got have millions and millions of views. And that's ma- mainly where like the 50,000 listeners come yeah. from, dude. Like it's not all totally just generated by like my original songs. You know what I mean? But that's still good. So, you know, like I, it, that, that generates, um, it, a, like a following for you too even because if they cross over the, exactly they, yeah they don't even care it's like okay you know he's a legend he he made this awesome music trilogy let's see what else he's got and, and they stick around love them they love them and they're really good like i remember when you were first starting to work with them you um you were kind of like questioning oh okay this this may be working this may not be working and i feel like they got bigger than you ever would have expected them to get too yeah, yeah. I, I really I mean, I, I knew that they had relatively three million subscribers on YouTube. I knew that was a big deal. Uh, I saw a bunch of their videos. You know, some of them have millions and millions of hits. Some of them have, you know, like four hundred thousand. Like, you know, what I mean, mm-hmm. it's like a hit or miss. But then, yeah, like when my videos came out. Dude, it was crazy. Like the third part hit the trending list on YouTube. Like it yeah, was, that it was, was wild. wild. That it, was wild when I saw you trending like that. Exactly, and it's it just made me feel so good because it wasn't just like, you know, just some random like song of mine that they threw in. It was like my without my song in that video, like it there would be no video. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah. Like, I Absolutely. mean, you could say you could say the same thing about like my song probably wouldn't have been as big as it was without the video, but. You know what I mean? Like I told the story and that's what the people loved. And like they translated my story into an animation and it, it was, it's just the wildest thing. It so, was really cool. So like after that, I'm solidified as some like nerdcore rapper, you know, <laughs> and all these big nerdcore rappers see that dude and they they're like, you're one of us, you know, like you got to get on these anime ciphers and like. Like the anime cipher that I was just on, yeah, that's the biggest anime rap channel on YouTube. His name's uh, Rustage. Yeah, dude, insane. D- like, it's been up for like, a week and it's got four hundred k views on it already. Bro, it's wild. Like he he puts out a song every week. Mm-hmm. You know that's and that's another thing I discovered in this like nerdcore community. They all do a video per week. Right. So it's like, you know, I'm I'm basically in this freaking community, bro, and it's. I, I don't know why I didn't discover it sooner because one, all the people in that community are like super accepting, like very supportive fans. They don't even care what I put up, dude. Like yeah. I could take a video of like just a pile of dog shit on the ground, you know, maybe with like a terrible beat that I made in the background. They're going to love it, bro. And they're going <laughs> to tell me amazing job. Like I'm, t- I'm not trying to like say that they're like, like, like insult their intelligence or anything. I'm just saying like th- with, with open arms, these people, um, they they genuinely care. Yeah, you know, like I don't think I've received one hate comment since like I've basically been involved in this nerdcore rap scene, bro. And I love it. Yeah, I really do. They've been really good to you. They're a good community for sure. And um, something that helps too is you're really good to them. You have a really good positive vibe that you put out there too, and I feel like people respond well to that. Like even in your reaction video for um. The, the cipher that just came out, you were talking about it. You said something about like, I'm not a rapper, which stop that because you <laughs> absolutely are. You've been rapping as long as you've been wrestling. So don't even try and play that shit and don't undersell yourself like that. Um, and, and second, you 
you said you're not a rapper, but then you also put over everybody else. And you put over everybody in that reaction so, so well. And there are some really talented dudes on there that I feel like you could work with in the future, too. 100%. And I have collaborated with, with a couple um, you know, on projects that still have yet to come out. So mm-hmm. it's like... That's another thing, too, with, like, growing your YouTube or just anything for that matter. You have to collaborate with people because their fans will cross over to you, man. Like, I've done it for others. You yeah. Know? Like, they, they get on my channel, and my people go over to their channel, and they, they seek benefit from it. So it's like an ongoing cycle. Yeah. You know? So, But, yeah, there's a lot of talented dudes in there, and they're all workhorses, bro. Like, there's so many people in that rap community that... Um, are a lot like me like they all produce their own beats they mm-hmm. all mix all their own shit like and they do they do it every week man it's just consistent and like they just want to work and make money and just be good you know and just build this huge following so it's like i'm finally on the come up of that you know yeah and i and i feel like now we're in a time where people are starting to understand the importance of the community growing and the community succeeding as one. I feel like there was a lot of things like I hear about it in comedy all the time. I've seen it in acting all the time. Um, I'm sure you've seen it in wrestling all the time where it's super cutthroat. And there's some people who are just like, I'm making it to the top and I'm doing this or whatever. But like, even in wrestling, like the thing you have with the Buffalo brothers right now and Andy and pepper and just all growing together and trying to make it as a unit. I think that's the best way to succeed out of everything. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent dude. Because yeah, when you build each other up, like everybody grows at a much quicker rate too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, um, so yeah, I totally agree with with what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for YouTube, shout out mashed shout out, uh, rustage, both two amazing accounts that are on there and produce amazing content with that. Um, so when you sit down to write something like that, what's your process of um, for your own channel coming up with a video, um, coming up with the concept, starting to write? What kind of things do you take and start to build from with that? So um, so I guess it depends. Like from week to week, uh, I guess it can be a little bit different. But um, we'll just see. Like, for example, I, I have – in my notepad, in my phone, I have um, just a list of ideas. There's mm-hmm. so many ideas that I have not even touched on. Like, I'll, I'll just bring it up really quick, and we'll see if I can. I'll just use it as an Ooh, yeah, give us a sneak preview of what might be coming out. I mean, these are things that I'll probably never even do. But, like, I have stuff, you know, all the way from, um, like, when I was doing the the songs with, like, just sampling the microwave and the... Um, uh, the toaster and stuff like that, mm. you know? So it, it's been a, a list that I've kept for a really long time. Let's just see. And I think that's smart too, because they're such simple ideas, but you craft them into something really cool out of it. Like it, microwave sounds, who would have thought about that for something for a it, YouTube Exactly. Video? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll go through this. This might sound weird, but in, in the shower, bro, that's where I get all my great ideas. Every time I'm in the shower, that's when all all the ideas come to me, and I don't know what it is. There, there's the some, nor- dude. There's some meditation about. There's meditative properties about being in the shower and just having that time to yourself, dude. I'm telling you. Or it's it's the North Tonawanda water. I don't know what it is. Bro. It's not. I'm telling you that it's not the water <laughs> that's here. <laughs> um. So let's see. Uh, like I, I wrote down fast food rap. 
it's Ooh. probably been done before. I'm I'm sure, but I was, I was yeah. Pro- like these are just the attention grabber like type of things, you know. Like I'm I'm I haven't done this style like video in a while, mm-hmm. but you know, like these are just random stuff. Like, um, I was gonna do a 10k subscriber wrap. I, I totally that's that's done a, yeah, over that's with. that's dead. But gone, you know, what I mean, like like for example, if I hit 20k, like yeah. maybe like 20,000 subscriber wrap. Um, and like people that comment on the video, uh, I'll throw their name into a rap. Or oh, something that's a like cool that. idea. Yeah. Um, I was gonna do. Uh, here, here's an idea for a, a music video that I want. I wanted to do, and I wanted Tyler Body to be uh, the main, like the character, I guess. So I love to watch Steve Wilkos. Oh yeah. Every time, yeah. Every, <laughs> four o'clock every day, bro. Steve Wilkos. <laughs> That is that's like one of my my favorite shows to sit and watch. You're such a dad. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's terrible because my kid she knows who he is. Steve, Steve, like it's awful because, and I have to turn the TV down sometimes depending on what the story is and, oh, and how man. how loud they scream. But yeah, dude, like I watch it so often. I'm like, dude, I got to come up with uh, like a song idea with this show. Oh or, God, or, please! Or like a music video. So what I wanted to do is I wanted I wanted Tyler Body to be Steve, so he'd have to shave his head. <laughs> I wanted him to be Steve, but rather than Steve Wilkos, it would be Steve Trilkos. Oh my God, that's amazing! And then I would be on the show, and uh, I was thinking I would just have like somebody acting as like uh, a terrible rapper, mm-hmm. um, and I would be on the show. Steve Steve would be interviewing me, and he would ask me like. All right, so what are you here for today? And I'd be like, you know what? Uh, we'll just use Johnny Mac. His name is look, Johnny Mac. He he says that he's one of the dopest rappers, and I'm telling you, he is he is a whack ass rapper. <laughs> he is one of the worst rappers ever. He lies with all the bars that he writes. Like he's just as fake as they come, you know. And then, you know, then they they get the story from uh, Johnny Mac, right? He comes out screaming and yeah. whatnot, and um. They give him a lie detector test. Like, so are you whack on the mic? Mm-hmm. Like, do you really have thousands of dollars like you say you do in your raps? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. And then it comes up as he, he's lying, right? <laughs> you know, like, he did not tell the truth. And bang, like, the just the, the song starts going. And that'd be, good, uh, that'd be a crowd. good rapper to go against, too, with that. Oh, dude. Like, that. that's just like a, a dream music video that happened. Cause, only because I love the Steve Wilco show. Yeah. So, um but I mean, you would need a stage. You would need a lot of people. But you could figure involved. that out. That that that's something. That's something. That's probably down the road. The right yeah, probably down the road. If uh, when I become a little bit more established and have a little bit more funding, yeah, then we could do that. So if you're listening to this, do not take my idea. All right, because <laughs> I love Steve Wilkos. And I want that to be my music video. Yeah. If you do take that idea, me and Kevin will come to your house and you don't want that. You know that. <laughs> um, but that's just like, that's like another idea. But um, yeah, you, you were asking me how I like kind of just formulate uh, like as far as writing goes and things. Yeah. I guess, I mean, since I've been on the Nerdcore thing lately, it's it's been, um, I'm just trying to get people's attention. You know, I'm trying to drive new people to my channel. So it's like. Every week it's a little bit different, you know. Like I've been doing uh, character freestyles from like Nintendo or whatever. Like, um, you know, we'll just say like a Mario freestyle, Bowser freestyle. Yeah, like, the Bowser fri- freestyle yeah, is real good. They're just like, oh, you know, we know this guy, we know this character or whatever. Like, you know, uh, let's click it and 
only because it's it's that character. You know what I mean? But right. if I if I just put up like Kevin Bennett freestyle, like people will listen to it, but it's not like people that aren't subscribed, they're not going to click it. You know what I'm saying? No. So, yeah, exactly. So it's like I'm still kind of on that that grind right now where it's like I'm just trying to drive traffic to my YouTube yeah. account. So so yeah, every week is different, bro. It's like I'm trying to just you know, to hop in the shower and get some new ideas. That, that's pretty much mm-hmm. all it is. So who knows what it's going to be next week? It could be literally anything. And if I really am hurting for our ideas, like maybe I'll throw a reaction in there because I just want to keep the uploads going. Yeah, exactly. The consistency is key, like you said. And I feel like that's harder um, to practice than it is to actually think about as a concept is like people are like oh i can be consistent but then you actually go into it and you realize the work it takes to do that and some people can't handle that pressure every week yeah it's like it's like two different jobs you know it's like you got the the creating the content which is the fun part you know but then like you actually have to upload your content and um promote it the right way so that people actually watch it you know like it's a process dude it really is oh yeah whether it be paying for advertising or you know just throwing it all on your social media accounts like you know there's a lot that goes into it and um you know it's it's a work in progress every single week yeah With, with that being said too about all the work you've put in with that uh how would you respond to people who say that your rap career is washed up or that you pay for your views or things like that. Are we getting into that? (laughs) Um, so the thing is like, I don't know, like if, if you, I'm going to be straight up. Like I have, I have paid for views like, Probably when I I was like seventeen or eighteen, maybe right. Just because, like you know, that it was a new thing at one point. So like people wanted to experiment and kind of see how that worked. And the, at the end of the day, it never really did anything for you. No. Um. I mean, other than maybe you know some ignorant people that you know just look at it. Oh my God, he's got a lot of views. But you know, you can you can tell if somebody's literally buying views like it's got 20,000 views or whatever and there's like zero comments and like yeah. zero likes on the video you know what i'm saying like um but then there are people that can accuse you of that and just not be educated and not actually look at your numbers you know i've had people call me out and say that i've paid for views because in their minds, the numbers just don't add up as far as like Apple Music versus Spotify or whatever. Because going back, you mm-hmm. know, I, I drove a lot of traffic from that Waluigi versus Smash Brothers thing. I'm not the most famous rapper in the world, dude. Like, no. I'm, I'm not, not at all. Like, I still nobody knows who I am in Buffalo. You know what I mean? Like, I'm we're still trying to get to that point. It's just that I have a lot of fans that are scattered all over the place. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's not like I'm going to sell out venues in every city that I go to, mm-hmm. you know, but um, people aren't familiar with this nerdcore, like, anime rap realm, you know what I mean? So it's hard to explain that kind of thing. Like, so if I do a viral video here, you know, there's a lot of, like, most of those 50,000 listeners that I have on that Spotify, they're coming from those viral videos that I've done, right. you know, and they're just bouncing, but they still continuously listen to it, you mm-hmm. know, um, not saying all 50,000 are just those people, but, um, you, you know, like I, 
I, I think you had to do your research before you look at me like I, I am paying for views like that when it's like the the proof is right there. Like I've done these viral tracks, dude, that are still they still each get like five thousand streams per day. Mm-hmm. You know, like I look at it every single day. Like people are still listening to it. Like right now, it says, it says that, um, it, it tells you how many people are listening to your music right now. It says thirty-seven people listening to your music right now. Not a lot of people, right? But still, every single day. I mean, who knows? Ten minutes from now, it might be sixty people. Yeah. You know, like there's constantly people listening to my songs. Like throughout the, I, I've never seen zero people listening to your music. Yeah, you know what I mean like it's it's it keeps going, but these viral tracks that I've done, dude, like they generate big numbers from all around the damn world, mm-hmm. and um, not all of them are gonna go to Apple Music, you know, not all of them are going to go to Spotify. If you want to call me out and say like, oh, your Apple Music numbers aren't as big as your Spotify numbers because you clearly paid for Spotify or paid for YouTube or whatever, like. You got to do your research, man. Like, one, Apple Music is not as popular as Spotify. No. You know, that's that's just a given. Yeah, Spotify's for everybody, and Apple Music caters to a certain market, too. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it, it, it is what it is. I think that if, if people want to say that, then just do your research because you're just being bitter, bro. Like, like I, I'm telling you, like, these, number, these numbers are not fake because if they were fake— I wouldn't be making any money on it. Yeah. I would just be losing. And I can't do that. I have a family right now. Like, yeah. I'm trying to make money and survive off of music. Dude, I'm going to be able to like quit my full-time job this year off of music. Like I 100%. I'm so that's proud where of you I'm for at that, right too. Now. When, you, when you told me that last month, I was, I was very, very, very yeah. proud to see you come this far. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've wanted to get to this point for so long you know so it's like it's cool that we're talking about this consistency thing and everything and that's all that i've been thinking of is just quit your job and just do this full time because that's what we've wanted to do since day one mm-hmm. you know what i mean and i truly 100 percent believe and we've talked about it before law of attraction manifestation what you focus on is what you get yeah. you know i'm telling you every time that i get in my car every morning you want to know what i listen to i listen to millionaire manifestation affirmations and i got this weird ass dude telling me that i'm gonna be a millionaire yeah a hundred percent straight up but that's a good thing i feel like people need that sometimes that's why i listen to david goggins's videos every day where he's just like running a mile and he's going so i woke up today and i didn't want to run but guess what i'm running and like it gives you that motivation to just like it's almost like coffee in the morning like it gets you up and it gets you a new goal for every single day and people who are just living for an end goal but have no immediate plan for it those people are going to fall like that's just how it is it's it's all mindset at the end of the day Mm -hmm. because yeah dude like um i mean i don't know if you you want to go into this topic but yeah like meditations and stuff dude like that's that's what i've 100 percent been in for i mean for a while now but even that like you have to have consistency with or you don't really like see results as far as just you know finding your inner peace and mm-hmm. things like that bro i'm telling you man like if you just get off of social me- media for a month and you just like you know open your eyes and like realize that there's like trees and birds and things like that man i'm telling you like shit changes for you facts and uh when your vibration is lifted 
like good things come to you. Mm-hmm. So it's like when I when I'm in that and like all the negativity is just away from me, man. Like that's when all these good things happen and all these big companies reach out to me and want to hire me to do all these music projects. Like it's legit. Mm-hmm. So that that's another thing, man. It's just this uh, this mindset. Like I'm in the mindset right now where it's like I don't need to work for somebody. Like I I don't need to. Oh, I hate this job. I got to go here just because like I need to pay bills or whatever. Like, yeah, man. Be you know, your own I, boss. I am a hundred percent like not in that mindset anymore. And, um, you know, same with Anna, my, my girlfriend, like she's independent business owner. Like she just said, screw it one day. And like, I, I was even looking at her like, I don't know, maybe that's not a good idea right now. <laughs> you know? And she looked at me, she's like, yeah, maybe you're right. Next morning, like I wake up next to her and she looks at me, Hey, I quit my job. And I'm like, Oh shit! You know, like what are we gonna do? And bro, she's killing it. Way she's doing so good. Way more than she ever was at that place. Like mm-hmm. a thousand times more. And all she had to do was just take that fucking step. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, but I'm I'm not at the point where it's like I'm jumping in and like just taking a risk. Like I know for a fact, like I'm that dude, and I'm making that money, and I'm gonna be able to put food on the table for you know my kid. Yeah. Doing what I love though, because. You know, I'm good at it, and I, I I don't just do it for fun. Like, I'm actually busting my ass and, and making some money doing it, so. Yeah. So, yeah, man. And, and with that being said, too, everybody, if you're in the Buffalo area, check out Fresh Beauty Bar because it really is such an awesome spot if you're looking to get your eyebrows done or get anything like that. Anna will hook you up. She's really, really awesome with that stuff, and she's just a really awesome person in general, so trust her with any of your needs like that, too. Yeah, she's yeah, she's a very good very good at what she does. Esthetician. Yeah. Certified. Professional. <laughs> <laughs> um, any rappers that you wanna work with upcoming? I know you always have people on your radar, but like is there anybody that you've either run across on YouTube or in the Buffalo area that you're like, shit, I wanna get something in with this guy? In the Buffalo area? Um, I mean, it's like I feel like there. I know a lot of rappers in the Buffalo area because of a lot of the shows that I would do in like, you know, 2014, 2015. Shout out Evan and Truth. Shout out Johnny Mac. Shout out Nikki Tracks. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's like since I've been away from the scene, like doing shows and stuff for so long, it's like I only really remember all the guys that I was like doing the shows with and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so I mean I, I'll I'll list off a couple people in the Buffalo area that I think are insanely talented and deserve credit and deserve recognition. Um, I mean you probably you remember Al Biz, right? Hell yeah, dude, he's he's amazing. He is a staple in the Buffalo rap community. Yeah. If you if you're a rapper in Buffalo and you don't know Al Biz, go look up Al Biz, please. I'm actually getting on a song with him um, soon. Actually, Hell I think yeah. he already spit his verse. Yeah, and then there's another guy. His name's Ab Salute. Mm. Do you remember him? Yep, Re- I remember Regis him. Hillman is a, his shoot name. But uh, he's another one, dude. Like, these are just, like, heavy hitter rappers. Like, people that I put way above me, I just think that they're the, the epitome of, of hip-hop. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just, like, OGs like that are the people that uh, inspire me most. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the two that come to mind. Um, D's, I mean, you... You remember him, right? Deez is awesome, yeah. He, he's insanely talented as well. Like, those are the top three that I, I usually think of. Um, obviously, you know, besides my boys, 
Johnny Mac and Nikki tracks. I mean, they'll, they'll always be with me mm-hmm. by my side, but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, right now, as far as collaboration, I'm really looking like online and, um, just trying to find artists that are kind of like, I don't know, similar to me in, I guess, numbers and like subscribers and things like that. So we can both like benefit from it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want, I don't want to like chase like these big accounts. Like, Hey man, you know, can you do me a favor and get me on your channel? (laughs) Like I've, I've had, (laughs) I've had some big channels get me on their songs. Mm -hmm. Like I have, there's, there's this artist, his name's Zach Boucher. Dude, I was literally just going to bring him up to you. Yeah. I think Zach Boucher is a name that you need to work with. Well, we yeah. did a song. Yeah, it'll be oh, yeah. it'll be out on the 26th of this <sighs> month. And it's really dope, dude. It's actually like, I love the verse. That makes me so happy. I literally had it in my plan right now to bring up Zach Boucher to you and yeah. try and get He's you to He's very good. He's got a really interesting voice, like very unique. Um, everything about his music. He's got... Tons of fans. He's got like uh, 180,000 subscribers on YouTube. Wow. Or whatever. But he reached out to me. You know, he wanted to do a song with me. He was a, a fan of my stuff. That's cool. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's like I didn't hit him up and look for any numbers or anything like that. And, you know, after we did the track together, uh, um, I was like, is there any way you'd want to get on one of mine? You know, I know I'm not going to like push all these crazy fans over you i mean maybe i could you yeah. know from the waluigi stuff i mean i do have fourteen thousand subscribers there's got to be somebody that's going to jump over to his channel hell yeah not saying i'm going to send over a million people but you know i'm a slightly smaller channel right just a, just a little bit of a bump that's all you need though like in, exactly in that situation but like regardless that. of the numbers i mean it doesn't you can have one subscriber and be you know the best rapper in the world you mm-hmm. know what i mean and you could be the worst rapper in the world and have 40 million you know yeah so it's like it's just um i don't know that that's the thing i'm I'm really just trying to collaborate with um talented artists and yeah even even smaller artists like i I came out with a song um it was featuring uh frivolous shara yeah you remember um, that one yep um yeah she's got like probably like four or five five thousand subscribers or something i was on a cypher with her um last year and uh yeah for some reason i I was just like you know she's super dope and for some reason i could just hear her on this song you Mm -hmm. know so i reached out to her asked her if she she wanted to do it she was totally down for it um and it worked really well yeah and she did amazing on the track so i was like those those are the features that i want so it's like i want to find more people like that yeah and i think you're definitely going in the right direction with that you're on a such a good path in uh connecting collaborating with people like that exactly so that'll be cool that was one thing that i never that i never really grasped was the whole collaboration thing Mm -hmm. because like i'll be honest there's been plenty times where i've gone on youtube and i'll type in how to grow your youtube channel how to become a successful youtube channel and like one of the number one things that they say are collaborate so yeah um, I finally, it's like, I, I'm finally coming to my senses after all these years of making music. Like I'm finally doing something that's working and going back to the pandemic thing, man, like, um, it wouldn't happen if this pandemic didn't happen. Yeah. So, and it sucks to say that because it's, it's a terrible tragedy. This pandemic sucks, but if we want to look at the brighter side of things, it definitely helped me 
in the the music career. Yeah, I think it definitely just realigned your focus, and it's good to have that every once in a while. And I'll be honest too; I'll throw this out there with uh, my wrestling career. Um, I think that this pandemic was good for my wrestling career as well because I've been wrestling for ten years, and I would say within the past couple of years before March 2020. Um, I think that I was getting a little lazy in wrestling Mm. and um, you know, me being brought up in the wrestling industry, it was like, you know, Matt, you knew how, how it was like uh, the the veterans slow it down, kid, you know, less is more type of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then they were like, and not that they were wrong, but it's wrestling is a lot different now. Yeah, exactly. But, but that was the thing. It's like, I've always kind of had that in the back of my head. And then it's almost like I used that as an excuse and then kind of like just, I don't know, don't want to say like called it in or anything. Like, right. But because um, ha- I've had some good matches, but it's like I feel like a part of me didn't want to put the extra um, like couple things maybe that I could have done in the match or whatever. I was just kind of trying to get to the next show. Um in hopes that I would just like get signed yeah. or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel it just that. felt very, um, felt you were playing it safe a little bit. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it's, t- I mean, it, you, you've been going for a long time, long time. Like it, I said, you mean, right. Our tra- we said our ta- first tag team match was 2011, but you have been going since you were 16. Yeah, yeah. My first match. Yeah. Um, 20, yeah, 2010. So August 7th, 2010. 16, 17-ish. So. 16, yeah. I turned 17, yeah, the following yeah, November there. That's what it so, was. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I was 16 years old. Wrestling Stevie Richards, getting powerbombed on my goddamn neck. God, that's such a... Every <laughs> right? time I watch that bump, but, I hurt my back more. <laughs> but, I mean, to your point, though, like, I mean, you, you, sometimes you do have to take a step back. Mm-hmm. You got you got to relax and kind of uh, reevaluate everything. You know, everyone just... Go, 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 go. But sometimes a step back, you know, a step back could grant you two steps forward. 100%. Which is something, you know, I've noticed, you know, just kind of step up, reevaluate what's going wrong. You know, um, if I would have, I mean, if I would have came back to wrestling when I was like, uh, had enough of this, um, you know, I, I, I thinking about it, stepping back, being away from it, I was like, okay, well, maybe I would have done this differently, that differently. Exactly. You start picking up on things. So you're probably, I, I, I get what you're saying where, you know, being away was good for you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Because now it's like I'm at that point. It's been a, a year since I've wrestled on a show. My last match was against the Brooklyn Brawler in Toronto, where like <laughs> literally all we did was like I gave him a toe kick, and then I, I don't even remember how the match ended. Like I might have taken a clothesline. I don't. I don't even know. Yeah. But it's been a year since I've had you know a match on a show, and um. Yeah, that breather, man. I don't know. It's like right now the way that I feel about wrestling is like if I get back in that wrestling ring and get back on a show, I feel like the 2007 UYW twist is coming back out of the backyard. God, I and love And he's going to pull that. out some crazy-ass Jeff Hardy-type shit. Oh, I love hearing that so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's actually – this is the perfect transition point, actually, because I <laughs> wanted to get into a little bit of that because – it's so crazy um, how you came up on the indies and what you've been doing with wrestling, but people don't realize that you literally had a wrestling ring in your backyard. We met um, sophomore year of high school, and uh, a little background 
for people who are just listening that don't really know us, I went to a small uh, Catholic school for my first eight years of school. I had 25 people in my class. I was a huge wrestling fan, but a lot of people weren't wrestling fans at that point or they weren't as hardcore about it as I was. And all of a sudden in high school, I meet this group of idiots. Yeah, this huge group of absolute idiots who were just misfits and wanted to bring anybody into their fold to like uh, be around them, but who loved wrestling and who wanted to learn nothing more than how to work wrestling matches and how to actually be professional wrestlers. And it wasn't, there's such a stigma um, and especially when you first started on the indies, there's such a stigma about backyard wrestling and how it's like, oh, breaking lights over people's heads or going through tail yeah. or like just these untrained idiots doing like all this stuff. But you actually like brought a lot of people in to show you guys how to wrestle and show you guys how to come up with that. Talk right. a, talk a little bit about growing up with that process. So yeah, um yeah, being in backyard wrestling as much as we loved it, yeah, it does have that that stigma. Um not so much anymore in in pro wrestling because like backyard wrestling is cool in pro wrestling now, but you know, back back when we were doing it, it wasn't. It was frowned upon. Um besides like you know all the tables and the light tubes and things like that me and my buddies including dan himself we wanted to wrestle like we did we would go to indie shows i remember the first indie show i ever went to was next era wrestling (laughs) out in rochester (laughs) yep first ever i was 13 no 12 or 13 years old maybe met scotty Tuhati. had the best time of my life bro like and we me randy and andrew oliver street express we would walk around to all the wrestlers and we would ask them, um, how old do you have to be to train to mm. be a wrestler? You know, and uh, they're all they, they all gave like the, you know, 16 years old, 16 years old. We're like, oh, man, six, that's a long time. Like, I don't you know, it was it was kind of a bummer, but it's like, you know, eventually we'll be 16 years old. So, um, you know, someday it will come. But um, we just kept wrestling in the backyard. And there was one particular guy that we loved that we would watch on YouTube all the time. And his name was Danny Danger. And, Hell yeah. And he had his own trampoline wrestling federation, TCW. And, uh, you know, we thought he was the best. He was the high flyer, the risk taker, the dangerously amazing Danny Danger. We used to harass this guy on um, Instant Messenger. <laughs> and we would... <laughs> We would always be message messaging him, asking him questions, and like we knew that he actually ended up receiving professional training. He was from Easton, Pennsylvania, so he had like a whole bunch of friends that wrestled with him, and they were all talented guys. Like we we were all just blown away by all these dudes, and you know they were significantly older than us. And um, yeah, we he uh, he received professional wrestling training from a, a guy that I believe his name is Rob Daly, and uh. You know, when we ended up getting that wrestling ring, I don't know what it was, but Danny Danger just ended up, like, messaging us one day. After all the times that we've harassed him, he saw that we had a wrestling ring, and he's like, look, you kids don't know what you're doing in there. I'm going to come and show you. <laughs> so we were like, wait, what? Because, <laughs> we, yeah, we were bumping in that thing, like, jumping off the ropes. Had no idea. We would put it up on that, uh, do you remember Global Backyard Wrestling News Hell forums? yeah, I do. Yep. Yeah, like, we would put our videos up on there. There'd be people shit talking people in there that are actually like signed to NXT now, like yeah. that we're in those forums, <laughs> you know, and 
That's so weird to think about, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, they, they'd be like, you know, the older people, they'd be like, how do you guys have a wrestling ring? And you guys don't even know how to take a bump. <laughs> you don't even know how to run the ropes. What the hell is wrong with you guys? You know, and it's true. We yeah. had no fucking clue. It's no true, idea. Yeah. And God bless my parents. I don't know how in the hell you guys did that. I don't. I could never see myself buying a pro wrestling. I mean, maybe I could now. It, it's happened to me. I, I don't know. I'm I'm crazy too. So I don't know how what made them in their right minds actually want to buy a pro wrestling ring for me and a bunch of my idiot ass friends and let us do this every single day. And nobody ever got hurt. Every day. No, every day. Nobody got hurt, dude. Like I mean, you had your occasional like stinger and like scares, but like everybody was always okay. Like we must have had like some some spirits around that bitch, fucking like, you know, like, like bracing all the impact that we would take straight up. So I mean, um, yeah, Danny Danger literally drove from Easton, Pennsylvania, to my backyard with all my idiot ass friends, and he ran a training seminar for the whole day. It was mm-hmm. him and his buddy Josh Thor. They came down and they taught us all the basics. They taught us to bump taught us to run the ropes uh you know all all the flip bumps and handstand bumps and all that crazy kind of stuff and um yeah man i think he did it well we built a relationship with him you know we so he ended up coming a couple more times and um yeah over you know the span that we we knew him and you know we're friends with him he he was turning us into wrestlers. Yeah. You know, and then we were getting older and then like kind of, you know, training with like Empire State Wrestling and doing those, you know, you've done them with me. Yeah. Like those uh, training seminars, every show. And so it's like, that's one thing about me is that I'm not really trained by like a school. It's like I'm a conglomerate of things. Yeah, I agree. It's like I, I have my training from Backyard Wrestling. I have it from Danny Danger. I have it from like a couple times from Pepper Parks before shows. Mm-hmm. Brandon Thurston, Will Calrigian, you know, like uh, Brett, all those Brett guys. I know, I know Asylum uh, did a couple of seminars yeah, like just with random us stuff. Too. Yeah, dude. it's it's like literally like just little sprinkles of stuff. You know, like I have a little bit of everybody in my arsenal. Oh, for sure. And it's it's cool with Danny specifically, though, because Danny was someone that trained you guys in the art and started to help you and progress you. And then in the days where you couldn't work in New York, you were tagging with him in other states where you could legally wrestle. Because right. for, for those who don't know the wrestling business in New York, you have to be 18 legally to um, be contracted for matches here and to be working on an indie show. But other states are a little bit more lenient. Like, I know Pennsylvania is, what, 16 or 17 that you can do that? I know you did a lot of matches in Pennsylvania, a lot of them in Jersey. So, yeah, no, I think Pennsylvania is 18 because I lied to them. And <laughs> <laughs> I told them I was 18, but I was real. I was 17. And then, like, they've already been booking you me. Yeah, they were already booking me for, like, a year. And then they saw a happy birthday <laughs> post. On Facebook, they saw a happy 18th birthday, Kevin. Way to cover that up, dude. Motherfucker. (laughs) They're like, you've been working underage here? I'm like, oh, shit. And they're like, that's all right. They're just like, yeah, you're putting butts in seats. Or uh, let's let's keep it going. Let's Let's keep keep it it rolling. Yeah, they're like, we just won't say anything. I'm like, okay, that's cool. (laughs) But yeah, Danny... Danny got me in uh, BWO in New Jersey. Yeah. And that's where me and him tagged against... um, 
what was it? Uh, Don Montoya and Julio De Niro. Yeah, yep, I remember that. <laughs> Julio De Niro, like what the hell? Yeah, um, and the and the Stevie Richards and Nunzio. Stevie Richards and Nunzio during that. Yeah, dude. How how crazy, crazy. was that being? Because you were 16 at the time, right? 16 How years crazy old. was that? Like, I know you've told the story on a bunch of different outlets, but um, it, how crazy is it being in this tag match with someone that um, you feel like you've known in your personal life and you're around, and then looking across the ring and seeing these dudes that you've watched on ECW and WWE for years? Like, how, how cool was that? It was terrifying, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fucking scary. Like, um, uh, I, it was surreal, obviously, you know, and then like, I've, I've never wrestled. Like, I think that was my third match of yeah. my pro wrestling career. So it's like, you can tell the difference, bro. Like when you're wrestling, you know, just like Joe Schmo on the Indies versus like a dude that's been in the WWE for X amount of years, like you could tell the difference, you know, like they just know and like. They actually hit you too. That's the the thing. Like not not discrediting Joe Schmo on the Indies, but I mean these guys, they have to fucking lay it in. Like, they they like, play rough, yeah. Yeah, like when I got my ass whooped on SmackDown, bro. Like I could tell the difference between being like just on an indie show versus this guy that's getting paid lots and lots of money every week on SmackDown, and he has to beat the shit out of me on live television in front of millions and millions of people. He was laying that shit in there. Yeah, he beat the shit out you of know? you. That's for sure. So yeah, I mean these WWE guys, man, like they're no joke. I'm mm-hmm. 16 years old, looking at Stevie Richards, like you're going to murder me. <laughs> you're going to fucking. <laughs> But I was cool with it, though. Like, that's cool. So, yeah, they beat the piss out of me. You know, it was probably a little worse. Like, I probably thought it was a lot worse, you know, at that age, um, as opposed to, you know, if they gave me the beating now. But I I was 16, like 135 pounds, and we won. We actually beat them by a double bulldog, bro, on Nunzio. Fucking pinned his ass. But, yeah, we went back, back to the locker room. And after the ass kicking, I I was in the locker room and I was crying and everybody was like huddling around me because they thought that I was hurt. And so I'm <laughs> I'm crying and I'm like what's what's wrong? What's wrong? What what hurts? Blah, blah blah. And I'm like nothing. I'm okay. They're like why are you crying? I'm like because I used to play with Stevie Richards on that 64 No Mercy. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool, though. That's so. It's a. It's a really cool moment. It's such a cool moment. Or it really puts things into perspective for you. Hey, you're you're here. My favorite memory of this, Matt, was um, senior year. Kevin and I have the same gym class together, right? And we're. That's the only period I see him in the day. Like that's the first time I see him during the day. Right. And I know the weekend, uh, or on Friday, I know he's going to be leaving to do this tag team match. So all Monday I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to see Kev. I can't wait to ask him about it. All this, right? So I get in gym class. I'm waiting for him. I'm waiting for him. In walks Kevin, literally stiff as a board, like just walking like the Tin Man from <laughs> Wizard of Oz. I look at him. I'm just like. Dude, how was it? And he goes, I'm so sore. <laughs> it was brutal. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I got my ass whooped by, by Stevie Richards and Nunzio, but I also got my ass whooped by that fucking ring, dude. Yeah. It was one of the stiffest, I think to this day, that is still the stiffest ring that I've ever been in. Like, I'm telling you, it was straight. I think the the 
I think it was like just carpet padding that they had. Ugh, on top I did of that one time in Canada. They legit rolled out a carpet. Three mice ran out of it, but it was like, oh, really? A carpet? God. We were straight up bumping on boards. It's dude, that's all it was, dude. I, I had knee pads and everything. I would do drop kicks, you know, take the face bump, and my knees stung. Like, it stung so fucking bad. That's so just so imagine, painful. you know, envision that. If anybody wants to see, go on YouTube. It, it might still be there. Um, it is. I looked the other At least the highlights of it are there. Yeah. I looked the other day. Kevin Bennett, Stevie Richards, Nunzio. Dude, that power bomb that he gave me, man. It's the, You could see. It's like I just, I don't, there's no give in the ring. No. It's just like I hit cement. Yeah. Like, straight up. It was one of the worst bumps I've ever taken in my life. One of the craziest stories I've ever heard wrestling-wise about rings that are like that was um, in Eddie's book, uh, Eddie Guerrero's book, he talks about he was wrestling in Mexico one time, and he says the whole match, he's like, this is so stiff. Like, this ring is so stiff. What is going on with this? What is this padded with or whatever? And he sees them taking it down after, and, dude, it was literally a slab of concrete with just (laughs) straw on it. Like, that's all it was. It was like hay on this huge slab of concrete. And I can't even imagine <laughs> the pain that they had to endure to, like, go through concrete that. Concrete and that. straw. Like, where do you get that I, from? Dude, no idea. Just these, these I would rather just do it companies. on the ground. Like, yeah. let's just do it on the grass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, me and Matt were talking um, before you got here, and we were talking about how some of, like, the indie um, shows, it's especially back in the day, they were very, very shindy. They were very like these, Hell yeah. like ten people in a gym. Your wrestling ring like has trampoline padding on, like it, it just like this these terrible, terrible promotions who just try and like get a show to like get people in or get money. And they still like, exist. Yeah, you know? they do. <laughs> it's honestly, it is cool though that you know how much everything has grown though. To if you kind of look back, like where it's where it's, you know over the last ten years, where it's where it's come from. For sure, yeah. uh, a lot of progress made. Trust me, there's a lot that has to. It still has to occur. <laughs> For but, sure, uh, a lot of progress made. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, speaking on people in your wrestling come up too. Recently, about a month ago, um, I know you know this, and uh, for people who don't know, look him up. Uh, Matt DeMorest retired, yes. finally. Um, the legend. The legend. Probably the greatest backyard wrestler ever. 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 Yeah. I, I, I think we can say that bar none, is he was just so innovative. Even recently, it was it was Sammy Guevara, right, who did? He put out this um, this tweet regarding someone, and he said something about, you stole this move from Matt DeMorest. I didn't steal this from you. And to see that from a guy that's such a huge wrestling uh personality talking about matt demorest who's this guy that we were on the same level with on youtube for uiw that's wild to see yeah, how much influence that, he had on it yeah we we loved him you know he he's driven to my house countless times you know to do matches with us in in my backyard and yeah he was a big part of our lives yeah and it's crazy to see yeah everybody knows who he is bro like and and your matches with him were for for um online wrestling and for backyard wrestling they were as big match feel as you can get with that because you two built it up for so long too and then you got in and I was watching uh the first match the other day and I forgot how stiff it was you two beat the shit out of each other it when was you stiff, got it bro yeah it was definitely big match feel yeah it's um yeah, definitely some matches that I'll remember. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, that uh, that lion's hammer he put me on. Jesus Christ. Your face turns purple and you my can feet, see that. My feet touch my goddamn head. Yeah. They touch my goddamn head. <laughs> Dude, he stretched. It was so bad. He stretched them so bad, man. But, you know, like, regardless, yeah, we made we made some moments. And that, that's the thing, you know, like, people, whoever wants to hate on backyard wrestling, middle finger to you, um, you can make moments in the yard. Yeah. We made lots and lots of moments. Just like any, you know, well put together independent show, even even any, like any show that you see on television, like you know, there was some talent in the yard. You know, yeah. Like for example, like Alex Zane, he's Alex an NXT Zane. NXT wrestler now. Mm-hmm. That dude is like the biggest backyard wrestler ever. So insanely talented. You know, wrestled Matt Demora so many times. It, his it, second match with him, where. Demoris breaks his nose midway through is one of the craziest things you will ever see in a backyard. That might be my favorite backyard wrestling match ever, just because the storytelling was so on point. Yeah. The the um the intensity was just crazy with it. Um it it was it was wild and just so innovative. And Matt was always doing just these crazy high flying moves for a guy who weighed like two thirty. Huge. Huge dude. Huge guy, very strong. Like he was everything. And he's know? hitting Phoenix splashes like all the time. Yeah. Easily. And and like yeah, F fives with three people stacked on his shoulders. Like the dude is just wild. So yeah, he was the whole package, man. That's yeah. for damn sure. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. It, it's cool looking back on all this now too, especially like because it's been so long and we have free reign to talk more about this, there were times where, like, Danny would be on the indies and it was, there's that whole, oh, we got to call him Double D on YouTube. We got to call him this. We got to call right, him like that. Right. Like, you, you, yeah. Because there were people that tried to, like, rat you out. If, yeah. If you were on the indie scene and you were yarding, like, they're going to rat you out to the promoters. And, like, the promoters would get literally pissed. Yeah. They would actually, like, investigate it. It was terrifying. It was like, holy shit. But now it's like, damn. Let's yard our asses off. I know. I I wish more people had the opportunities that we had because right. we learned so much. You knew how to wrestle before you even got on the indies. You were ready to go. Exactly. I I think like the only thing that I really needed to like master was like you know really putting matches together, like properly telling a story. You yeah. Know I mean, I had everything else down as far as like you know fundamentals and things like that. Probably psychology it, a little bit too, like here taking it in from the crowd and knowing what to do next. Of course, Absolutely. yeah, it's like yeah, we we had our friends to perform in front of. It's not like right. you actually had buying customers there, yeah. so that was totally different yeah. too. And, and sometimes one friend we were performing in front of because we had four people there total, and two people were doing the match, and one of them was refing in the ring. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's so, so cool. That's cool. It's crazy. It was so much fun, man. So, it, so it I remember when I first started coming around. I forgot who introduced me to you, Kevin, but. I started hearing about your YouTube clips, and I would I would sit and watch. I would sit and watch like your your, your shows and stuff, and uh, that was always, I was like, oh, I'm so jealous. I wanted a wrestling ring in my backyard because of you, <laughs> uh, you know, bef- probably well before I even personally got to know you. But um, yeah, I always I, I was just really admired just how much effort you put in. You know, I, I, was it was it WWE quality like production? No, but the, you could tell that you guys are having fun and. It was better than anything else anybody, you know, anything else that people, other people in the backyard were doing at that time, right. too. So, Absolutely. Which I, no, but, I really admired. But, Matt, you did have the honor of stepping in that ring at least, I don't know, you've been to my house a couple times, right? I and think been I in that did ring? in the ring once. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm one say, I, It was once. I'm not saying no names. But oh, I no, threw we got to. I, I, <laughs> you, you, 
my man had the honor of German suplexing the king of the world, Aaron Solomon. Ah, yes. Shout out Iron Aaron he, Solomon, baby. He, he tried to run away. He's like, no, no, no. I'm like, yep. You're yep, going. Yep. You're going. <laughs> and, uh, and then, yeah, I think body kicked me in the balls, and that was yeah. it. <laughs> like, right, not too long after yeah. that. So, I love that, man. That was a fun, that was a fun day. That was so, a fun night. Yeah, so, so many memories have been made in that ring. Unfortunately, it's gone now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still have, like, pieces of the ring, but it's, I mean, I've had it for, like, 13 years. Yeah, and it was an outdoor ring. Like, we never actually, like, put it put it away no it, we so, never did and it, that was part of its downfall too 100 taking... the wear and tear but we're kids you know what, That's are, you, the thing, what are you gonna yeah, do you know like yeah you give a bunch of 12 year olds a wrestling ring what's gonna really happen here right I, i'm just glad i got to dislocate my shoulder in it one last time before it went down <laughs> that was that That's was in like the recent the, years that though. was the like the last uiw moment as i uh i was giving my finisher to anthony Gaines, and on my way down my right shoulder popped out and i was like oh Okay, here we go. I think that's one of the last moments <laughs> that, that, that ring that has like seen. The last moment, <laughs> <laughs> and it just ended. Like, yeah. all right, his shoulders out, and the video just stops. Yeah. Speaking of the end of an era, too. Um, yesterday I was watching your last match with Danny because uh, the cool thing about your whole journey with Danny is you were his last match too. It, and especially in ESW, you did a career versus career match. Your first solo victory in ESW too. How meaningful was that? Um, having that final match with him and knowing that you were his final match and that he was really passing the torch to you in that moment. Yeah. So I never really actually thought of it that way. Um, now till you bring it up because the um, that that whole match. We'll just say that my my night was ruined after that match. Because, oh man, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, like as as great as the match was, and um, you know, it was totally supposed to be that send off, like pass the torch type of thing. Like we we're still working for somebody and on somebody else's show, and we were only given an X amount of minutes, and we went like way over what they wanted yeah i remember you know that. and matt you remember how it was with our tag match you know they didn't it wasn't our fault but, no no but they were waiting there yeah pepper looking at us you guys do all the stuff <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys do all the double team moves so. <laughs> right so the thing was i i think that we had eight minutes we had about eight minutes and then puma right before we went out maybe 10 minutes prior he's like you guys got to cut it down to six Oh yeah! Do you see you how long the like, video is, dude? It's like sixteen. I watched it yesterday. <laughs> it's like a sixteen-minute match. Think about that. Makes me want to throw up just saying that. I remember. I remember how promoter? upset you were after that too. You were just like, "Oh Jesus!" Could Christ, you imagine like... being that promoter? Like you just cut this dude's eight-minute <laughs> match down to six minutes. Like, hey, brother, I, you know, we got a lot tonight. Like um, right, like right before too. Yeah, like, that's it's a tough spot to be, you know, to 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 be in, but. You know, I, I think it probably hindsight. You're glad you went over. Um, in hindsight, I mean, it didn't really derail your career at all. No, you know definitely I mean? not. Yeah, like I, I remember seeing Ash at the, at the curtain. You know, doing the. <laughs> yeah, he was doing it, and I knew though. But that was the thing. Like, I don't think Danny cared because this was his last hurrah. I think that was part of it too. Yeah, like what they're not going to book him again. Like, no, right. he's not wrestling anymore. Right. He didn't care, and I even told him. I remember that there were. There was a spot. I don't know. Maybe he didn't even hear me, but I remember I hit the the spiral tap, and it got a really big reaction too. 
So I was like, I even told him, I said, that's it. That's the finish. I wanted to finish it there. Yeah. Even when I watched it, I watched it, uh, I think yesterday or the day before. And when I saw the spinal tap, I said, that should have been it right there. Like, I, I and, told it, and it still would have been 13 minutes. Yeah. Like, oh, it for still sure. Would have been but like... It would have been a lot better than 16 minutes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know? So I, I told him, I, he, he may have not even heard me. And even if he did, then he spitefully kicked out and just said, you know, fuck this. We're just going to go. Yeah. But but when I went back to the locker room, bro, like it was, you know, everybody, nobody even looked me in my eyes. They just looked straight into the, the monitor like, and I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, even Bill Collier, like as nice as he is, like, you know, I'm like, Bill, you know, and he just looks at me and he's like, you know, just kind of yeah. like shakes his head and I'm like, fuck, you know, and, and big Bill, he's like. You know, like he's like my dad. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what, one so cool like, thing oh. I do remember about that night, though, with that situation specifically was um, I remember at one point the one to finally like talk to you and be like, this is what happened. And this is what like you need to work on in the future was Thurston and Thurston's <clears throat> so good for that, too, because he's been in the business so long and knows the ins and outs that he's the person to really be like, listen. Like, this is the mindset you need to be in. This is what you need to do for next yes, time. Yes, but that was after he reamed me out and said, that was way too fucking long. Way too motherfucking long. He spazzed. He's he swore. The one he never swears. Oh, he did. Way too fucking long. I, he might have kicked something. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, not to. He, everybody had the right to be mad, of yeah. course. You know, um, but. I felt so bad for it. And I think, you know, Thurston probably felt bad for yelling at me and because um, like I put, you know, Brett and Puma and Thurston in like a group chat and just told them, like, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't even want to show my face in a locker room after this, you know, because yeah. like, I this is not my intention to do this to you guys. And so, you know, and I think they understood the the situation, too. And, um, you know, Danny's last match and things like that. And like he he's not coming back. And, yeah. You know, I think even Danny went up to puma and was just like it was my fault you know yeah it, it was my it, fault, it wouldn't but. have surprised me if danny did that because danny's a good yeah guy i mean i'm not that. gonna put it all on him like still it, it was a 16 minute match yeah like, that's definitely some shit to to learn i remember asylum he even said he's like god when you came back here i was gonna ask you who in the hell trained you but then i'm looking and i see the guy that trained you is in the ring with you <laughs> <laughs> like, i love it Hey, but look where you are now, man. You're yeah. you're in such a good place with wrestling too. Yeah. So I mean, props to Danny. Like yeah. seriously, like regardless of that, that still memories, you mm -hmm. know. Like I I won't let that terrible day, um, you know, take away from the fact that exactly. it was such a really you know big moment. It and, was a beautiful. And they still uploaded too. the match on the YouTube. Yeah. You know, like they they knew that it was a good match. Yeah. So before we go, um, any timeline of when you're going to be getting back in the ring? Do you know? Do you have any idea you can So surprise, I uh I wrestled last night at um at Grapplers. Hey. I had my first like legitimate match. They they taped it, so it, it, you could consider it a taping. Um but I wrestled Vinny Moon. Oh. And it, <laughs> <laughs> we had We a, have an 8 by 10 in the locker. We, yeah. we had an 8 by 10 literally sitting right next to you when I walked in here the last time. <laughs> dude, we had a banger match, dude. Like it was the it was it was the, the the yarder in me that came out. I wanted yeah. to do everything. I wanted to hit him with like, "Welcome to Chicago." Grab him, give him a tiger driver, roll him up, give him an angel's wings, and if not the angel's wings, a package pile driver, and then that would have just been my first set of falsies. Yeah. So 
I was telling him he's, he's like whoa 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 He's like you can't be killing me I'm like look motherfucker I'm trying to get all my shit in right now <laughs> I haven't wrestled in a year oh, Vinny, no. Vinny's a good kid Yeah, yeah he is He's great the best kid. He's the best man but Shout out Vinny we, hit, we had a great match And it was crazy Because like it felt like I It, it felt like I haven't been away That was the thing like, And everybody was telling me there That um, I didn't look like I had any ring rust I didn't look like very blown up even though like i've kind of felt like it at times i, I wasn't like super drained mm-hmm. but we were super snug like the lockups everything was like super crisp dude and i think it was just i needed to get it out you know so like you know we're hitting each other i have my lip was bleeding like it still fucking hurts i think my tongue is all cut up <laughs> he was chopping the shit out of me Vinny moon he he needs more credit because i'm telling you he's he's a really good wrestler yeah like he's He's got it, man. He really does. He's awesome. And I'm proud to say that because, you know, he was just like that annoying little little kid, you know, b- bothering us when we were wrestling in our backyard. Still is, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but but he grew up to be an amazing wrestler with good work ethic, and we had a banger-ass match, dude. Like, no botches, no, no uh, you know, weird miscommunications or no timing off. Like, everything was there. Mm-hmm. And, um... Yeah, super snug. Like every everything, I can't wait to watch it back because I know everything's like gonna look really good. Yeah. So it it just felt so good to finally get that out. You know, it, I don't know when wrestling's gonna come back, but it mm. was just I got to just kind of like get that off my shoulders. Like, okay, I'm still a wrestler and I can still wrestle. Yeah, that's so. awesome. I'm sure that was definitely a a nice feeling too to know that you could still kick it into high gear if you need to at times right Right. so i mean as far as like any other shows i don't know like maybe if i I could get booked somewhere it just depends on what it is yeah absolutely like whether it even be like an aew dark type of thing like you know what i mean yeah fingers Um, crossed on that one yeah it could be anything so yeah well, uh, man, I expect really big things from you this year, for sure. I always know that you're doing big things. This is this is the year where I'm definitely going to find myself like doing what I love as a career. Yeah, like making money. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, where can people find you on Instagram, Twitter, any of your handles? So, yeah, um, the Kevin Bennett, pretty much on everything: um, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. I call myself the Kevin Bennett because there's a country singer, Kevin Bennett, who <laughs> takes credit for my songs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so the Kevin Bennett is not like being cocky or anything like that. I just feel like, you know, there's a lot of Kevin Bennett's in the world, but there, You're there's, the there's only, one. yeah, there, there's only one like, you know, wrestler, rapper, Kevin Bennett. Yeah. So the Kevin Bennett. Uh, follow me on Twitter, please, because I'm trying to get more engagement. I don't have enough likes on my tweets. I look like a damn jabroni on that app. Um, <laughs> subscribe to me on YouTube, and yeah, just you can find me anywhere. Go- yeah, Google me, whatever it is. Please subscribe. Please follow him wherever you'll find quality content. Wherever you are subscribed to him, um, dude. Thank you for doing this first thanks, episode, man. man. This I'm is so awesome. honored to have you, man. I love you, brother. Yeah, I love you too. And thanks, Matt. This. Super cool atmosphere. I'm glad you. I, I love showing this place off. I'm really glad you got to come up here finally. And like you know, Dan, great job on your first episode, dude. And <sighs> thank you, dude. Kevin, you're you're it. a wonderful guest and friend. So I'm I'm very happy for all your. I success. appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Awesome. And I think that's a wrap, guys. Uh, tune in next week. Uh, I'm going to have two of my friends who are my lifelong friends. We went to this exact school that we're recording in together we're going to have a ton of stories from when we went here and when we were going up they are twitch streamers too so we're going to talk a lot of video games we're going to talk a lot of smack like that we hope to see you there have a good week everybody
Grocery Shopping Day. <laughs> oh, hello, Mr. Cashier. Hello, Mrs. Card Pusher. Hello. How are you doing today? Let's see what the old wife put on the uh, the shopping list today. Let's see what. Um, let's see. Number one, we got a uh, Chris Hemsworth. Oh, that doesn't seem right. I don't. I don't think those they sell those here. Uh, must be some kind of mistake. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Chris Evans. Oh boy. This is her celebrity crush list. Awkward. Don't be like this, husband and wife. There's only one place where a list like that belongs, and that's the Eat Sleep List podcast. You can hear us every Friday on BICBP-radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify.